This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. And we are in a series on prospering in God. And I don't know if there's anybody who doesn't want to prosper in God. I mean, I think everybody wants to prosper, right? Who wants to be a flat failure out here? You know? who, I, mean, I mean, nobody wants to uh, be a flat failure. And, and really, uh, I really believe that we need to get out of a mode of, you know, I think there's some Christians that are in what I call a survival mode. But we don't want to be surviving in our Christian walk. Amen. And I think there are Christians that are just trying to survive. But really, I really believe that God wants us not surviving, but thriving. Do you believe that? And and I, I, I want to walk in that abundant life that Jesus promised us. And I love what it says in John 10, 10. I don't have this in my notes, but... You know, I, I pray and um, uh, almost, well, basically every day I'm praying every day. And um, I'm praying the Lord's Prayer, which is a pattern. It's a template. But I do pray the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, you know, Jesus talks about pray that God's kingdom come. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know what God's will for you? It's abundant life. Jesus said, I came that you may have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. So, see, I, so what I'm saying to you this morning is that your life should look totally different than the world. In other words, you, you, you should be walking in the overflow and not tapping the reserves. And so God wants us blessed. So, so these are keys in, in prospering in God, and prosperity is more than just money, but money has a big part in every believer's life. Because a lot of times our decisions are made on our income. What kind of money is coming in to our treasury? And we make decisions based all on that. And, and so really our decisions really should be based on the word of God. Amen. And so last week I, I gave you a key to prospering in God. And that key is that, that we need to put God first place. It's called the law of first. And when you put God in proper order in your life, not just your finances, but he's in proper order. He's number one. Amen. Then your whole life will get in order. But when we put other things before God, then our life is, can somebody say, out of order. <laughs> So I, I don't know about you, but I want, I, I want a life that's in order. So God has to be number one. Amen. And so, and so today I'm going to talk to you about a key because I think, I, you know, we have t- tithers in here. We have people that are, are struggling and they're just struggling just to give into the offering. And I think one of the reasons why is because, we, you know, and this is going to be a key for prospering God is that we need to be good stewards. We need to know how to handle our finances. Uh, they did a study. I don't know who, who they are, but I heard there was a study done. And they say the average American spends about 113% of their income every year. 113%. I, I, I believe I'm, I got the numbers right. In other words, you're spending more than you're com- than, than coming in. And you're putting it, we're putting it on credit cards. And what happens is we're getting in debt 
and debt and debt. And can some, you know, one of the keys to, to living a prosperous life, you have to live within your means. Hallelujah. I, I knew that was going to go over big like a lead balloon. In other words, you're going to have to live within your... You, can, can somebody say budget? <laughs> We're going to talk about that at, at, at the end. But, but see, see it, this is key. This is key. Being a steward, a steward is, is actually man, being a manager. God wants us to manage. And, uh, and, a, and stewardship... Basically means it's the management of property of the resources of another. So we want to manage uh, our resources in a way where God sees that we're doing it right and he will bless good stewardship. Amen. And so, again, let's let's uh, go to a scripture here in the Bible, Matthew 25, 14 through 29. And this is really good. I know this is a lot of reading. But just bear with me. And this is Jesus. And what's interesting to me is, you know, you may say, why talk about money in church? Because, you know, Jesus talked about money more than prayer, more than faith. And all his parables and all this, everything is connected to our finances. And so, so, so this is a big key. And I really believe if you don't get your finances straight, then your life will never be straight as a Christian. In other words, you're always going to be trying to get it right, you know. But if Jesus is not on top, then there's going to be always issues in your finances. So let's look at this. And stewardship is a big key to this, to prospering in God. And Matthew 25, 14 through 29, I'm going to read through this. This is Jesus speaking. I mean, he's, talking, he's, he's talking about this parable here. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. I love that. Because see, see, see the, this person here, Jesus is talking about really, that, that this is really representing Jesus. And, and Jesus, you know, has given us talents or abilities. And, and, and he's... Uh, gonna, and he went to heaven, but he's going to come back. Amen. And so, so really, we have to do something with the resources that, 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 put, that is put in our hands. Amen. And then he says here, then he who had received five talents went and tra- uh, traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who has received one went in and dug it in the ground and hid it in his Lord's money. Notice it says his Lord's money. Uh, this is very key because there's a principle I'm going to be um, uh, ministering to you this morning that, that, that should radically change how you view things and how we see things. Because really what we have, what God has given, given to us, really it all belongs to God anyway. Amen. And we got to get a revelation that all of this stuff, we're more like managers than owners. In other words, you can't take it to heaven with you. So, so bottom line is, we need to learn to manage well. Amen. And so we see here that Jesus uh, is talking about the five-talent man. He traded, and it became five more talents. Then we have the two-talent man who traded, and it became two more talents. Then the one-talent man, and what happened with his talent? He buried it. So let's look at it. It says, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. 
His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your, notice it said, your talent. See, see, bottom line is, whatever God gives us, he gives us the abilities to earn money and all that. It all comes from God. We got to get a revelation. Everything that we are walking in and what and the things that we have, it's because God gives us the ability to get those things. Amen. Amen. We got to get a revelation of that. And it says here, and he says, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Notice it said, uh, he said, your talent. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take that talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents for the for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance from him who does not have even what he has will be taken Away. Amen. And so there's there's a lot of truths uh, in this parable and and we're going to go into this. But I'm going to pull out three keys in this parable. Number one key is God is the owner. That's the that's number one key. God is the owner. Look at Psalms 24 one. This is very good because. A lot of times we get this idea um, that whatever we make, even as we earn it, a paycheck, that it's ours and we work for it and we own it. And, and I understand that concept, but really it's God that gives you the power to make wealth. It is God that gives you the wisdom and the insight and the favor Amen. And we got to get revelation on that. Psalms 24, 1 says the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So this right here says that the earth is the Lord's. Amen. Psalms 50, 10 through 12 says for every beast in the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, I know all the birds of the mountains and all the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I was hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. Amen. First Corinthians, let's go to the New Testament. First Corinthians 10, 26. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Amen. So we need to get the truth that, that God owns it all. He owns it all. But he gives us the ability to manage it. Amen. And when we get that revelation that God owns it all, then I really believe we're going to steward it better. We're going to manage what's put into our hands, hopefully better. Amen. I love that. And so we, we need to get that truth. And so 
I love Deuteronomy 8.18. And it says here, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that, may, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So in Deuteronomy 8.18, the reason why God prospers us is so that we can establish the kingdom of God. Amen. The reason why it's not just he doesn't just prosper us just for our own prosperity. Just so that we can have the biggest house, which God's not against us having the biggest house in the city. It's not he doesn't just prosper us just because we have the nicest car, but he's not against us having nice things. Uh, It's not just for that, but it is to increase the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. We're here to bring as many people into the kingdom as possible. And we've got to get a revelation of this, that our money is God's money. Our stuff is God's stuff. And when we start getting a revelation, in other words, if God spoke to you and said, I want you to give something away, would you do it? Would you do it? Would maybe, ladies, you have a, a beautiful. You just you have these favorite shoes, right? And and they're the the, the nice pumps. I don't know. I guess they're called pumps. I don't know. But uh, and uh, and, uh, and and you got them, and 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 you meet somebody, and this this and maybe a neighbor, and she doesn't have too much, and the Lord, and and she's you know going on maybe a job interview, but she's wearing these ugly flats. You know what I'm talking about, but. And um, and uh, I think the ladies know, but uh, but but the Lord puts on your heart. Give them your give her your shoes. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to give up your something that you look at as being valuable to you? Are you willing to give that to somebody else in obedience to God? Think about that. And when we do, the payoff is awesome. When, God, when we start obeying God, ooh, man, look out. Look out. I'm telling you, you start getting under, under the, you know, the spout where the glory comes out. And, and I'm telling you, there's nothing like, and now, I'm, now, it's painful. I, I'm going to say this. Sometimes it is painful sowing and giving things away, especially if it's something valuable to you. You guys know my story. Of, of my watch story, right? You guys remember that? And I, and I, I, want, I used to work in jewelry and I sold uh, expensive watches and diamonds and all that. And, um, and they had a contest. If I sold so many watches, I could win a really expensive watch. And so I used my faith and I won the contest. Woo, victory. And I, and I won an $800 watch. It was uh, Gucci watch. It was a, a fashionable watch, and it was the nicest piece of jewelry I've ever owned. A eight hundred dollar, eighteen carat micron plating. I could still sell it. Micron plating watch. You know what I'm talking about? Gucci. And I'm wearing that Gucci. You know, I love being in church. Back then, I was like you. I was at, uh, just sitting and listening to the pastor, and I loved just raising my hands. And that watch was just. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at that Gucci. 
Hallelujah. And they just shine. And I was proud of that watch because it was my victory watch. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. It's, it's, it's easier to praise Jesus, it seems like, when you have jewelry on. I don't know why, but it's just like, glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and then I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm admiring my watch and thinking about the goodness of God and the preacher's preaching, the pastor, and he has his ugly beat-up Timex on. And I, and I sell jewelry, I'm thinking, what an ugly watch, you know. Because I look at you, I, 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 this is from the eyes of a jeweler. I'm not really thinking that, but I'm thinking, you know, what came to me was certainly a pastor should have a nicer watch than what he's wearing. And I said, yeah, God, help him out. Help him out, God. Help him. Certainly a pastor should be wearing something a little nicer. And I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, God, yeah, are you trying to get something? What, what are you trying to tell me, you know? And the second week, I'm a little hard-headed, and, and he'd be preaching again in that ugly watch. And while he's preaching, I'd be looking at that ugly watch, right? But certainly a pastor should wear a nicer watch than what he's wearing. And I said, God, you want me to give my watch away? <laughs> you want me to give this watch away? Are you serious, God? And, you know, and, and it was just... Certainly, <laughs> a pastor. And so I was like, okay, okay, God, I'll do it. I'm only going to do it for you, Lord. It's not for, because I, at that time, I didn't even like the pastor. So <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I was mad at the pastor for one reason or the other. You, you ever get mad at the pastor? You know, and I was just kind of irritated or something with the pastor. Or not all the time, but every once in a while, you can get irritated with people around you, even the pastor, you know. And so I wasn't irritated, but I, I didn't have a, let's put it this way, I didn't have a strong love. I didn't have this overwhelming, ooshy gooshy love for the pastor. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was there, you know, to get mine, to get what I can get out of the sermons and to get mine. You know, that's where a lot of people come to church. I'm just going to get mine. I'll get what I can get out of it, get my prosperity, and I don't care about anybody else, right? But you see, God is trying to get us out of that mode. He's trying to get us out of that mode of, I'm just going to get mine. Amen. You know, I used to work with a salesperson. And he, we'll walk up and he was a sinner. But he was always out selling me. I don't know why. But the guy was, it was like, it was humility. Amen. I said, God, how does rank sinner? How does he outbeat me in sales? I'm a tither. But, you know, God wasn't calling me to stay in sales. God wasn't calling me to be the number one guy there all the time because he was saying it's time to get out of cells into ministry. So if I was number one, I don't know if I would have left. So this guy would say, and he would come in, he says, he would say, he look at me, he says, I'm going to get mine today. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get mine. And we would be running to the customers. He would try to move out of the way. He's a big guy. You know, and we were both jetting to the customers. Boy, I'm telling you, sales can be dog eat. <laughs> Has anybody ever been in sales before? I'm telling you. But let me get back to my message here. I gave that watch to the pastor. And I said, this is from God. This is not from me. You know? <laughs> God put this on my heart. But, you know, the pastor said, this is the nicest gift anybody has ever given him. And he was in the ministry for many years. And because of his ministry, my family has prospered. I have prospered. And, you know, it, it's just a small thing for me to give him 
my watch. You know, I, that's not, and then God has blessed me way over and above that. But just say this, say this out loud. What's mine, What's mine? is God's. Amen. But this is great too. What is the Lord's? Say this. What is the Lord's? Is mine. Ooh, that's a good truth too. Because what is ours is God's, but what God has is ours. In other words, we're in partnership with God. And we need to get in partnership with God. Are you a partner with God? Are you connected with God? So we got to get an understanding. We get this idea that it's all about us, but it's more than us. We got to get an idea that it's about everybody around us. Amen. You may be, you may be mature enough in your walk and you may think you're mature enough in your walk where you, where you think you may not need church on Sunday morning. And you may have a lot of maturity, but the immaturity on that thought is maybe somebody needs your gift in the church. Maybe somebody needs to see you coming in, seeing you be faithful, so they won't have an excuse not to be faithful next week. Or, or you hear what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe we need to come in not just for ourselves, because we do have some wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Maybe we need to come in for others. Boy, that's a, that's a thought, isn't it? So this... this Thought is very pervasive and it and it and it works into our life. And when we take God for granted, so you don't want to take God for granted. So so this scripture right here that says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, you shall remember the Lord your God for is he who gives you power to get wealth. So how do we remember God? Every time we get a paycheck, we tithe 10% of that paycheck back into the kingdom. When we do that, we're saying, I'm remembering you, God. It is you that gives me the power to get wealth. Every time a check comes in, every time income, you take it, you write it, and you say, thank you, God. It is you that gives me the power to make wealth. And then we get this idea. Now, look at this. I'm going to back up to Deuteronomy 8 and 11, 17, because I, I wasn't going to go into this, but God hit me on this last night when I was studying. And this is really good. This is the, the Lord is, is talking to the Israelites and the Israelites. Let, let's just read it. Let's read it. It says here in Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 17, it says, beware that you do not forget the Lord, your God, by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten of the full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up, notice that when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From that house of bondage who led you through the great terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and a thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flint rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know. That he might humble you. That he might test you to do your good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Think about that. So, so here, that's where then the next verse is, you shall remember the Lord your God. So here, we got to be very careful that we're not thinking it's our power. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It's our smarts. It's our, no, it's God's favor. 
It's God's grace that enables you to get finances. So I'm going to say this. We need to have a little humility. Because sometimes we can, once we start prospering, see, 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 God has brought some of us out of some bad situations. If, especially if you, you know, we were all in darkness. So he's brought us out of demonic oppression. He's brought us out of demonic bondage. We were on our way to hell. Thank God that God rescued us. We got to, we got to get a thankful heart for what God has done for us and what Jesus has paid for so that we could have our sins forgiven so our sins could be washed as white as snow so that we can make it into a kingdom of heaven thank God for his grace and every time I get a paycheck I think about what Jesus has done for me and 10% to him is nothing compared to what he has done for me I, I, I can't even fathom not tithing I couldn't do it. I, 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 it never crossed my mind to stop. I've been doing it since the 90s. It never crossed my mind. I'm going to stop doing this. Why? Because I got to honor God. I got to put God first place. So, 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 so here we get this idea sometimes, and this is if we're in the full prosperity, but we also get this idea if we're struggling in our finances, that's really about us. And we got to, we got to do whatever we got to do to survive. I can't afford to give God anything. I just got to work it out and and maybe give God a couple dollars on Sunday morning. But, but, but I got to make sure all my stuff is taken care of. And if we have that attitude, you're always going to be in a deficit in your life. And you'll be praying for miracles, miracle financials, blessings to come your way when things break down and you're barely making it. And I don't want to live a life like that. I don't want to live a life of just barely making it. Plus, the thing is, when we're not doing what we know we're supposed to be doing with our finances, our heart condemns us and we have no confidence in God in that area. Because we know what we're supposed to be doing and we're not doing it. Can I get an amen or oh me in here? And so I think some of the reasons why some of us aren't doing it is because we are in a struggle and we're not stewarding. I think some of the reasons why we're not stewarding our finances in a way where we can give to God. And you need to steward or manage your finances in a way where God's going to get first in your life. Amen. And so he says here, so I want to say, make this point that we want to walk in a little humility. I'm going to say this, and I love this kind of teaching. We are kings. Say, I'm a king. And we are priests unto the Lord. So we're kings. That, that means we're called to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. But this is another thought that we need to have. We are also managers or stewards, and we are also servants. And we got to get that revelation. Even though we're a king, we're still a servant. Hallelujah. And we, got, we can't get away from that. I'm a servant of the most high God. I'm, yes, you're a king, but you're a servant too. Yes, yes, you, you, uh, you may own some things naturally, but you're really a manager. So we got to get a little humility here and understand all good things come from God. 
Amen. And when we get that revelation and we start putting everything, putting God first, he's going to start reconstructing our lives in a way where we can walk in the fullness of the blessings. Amen. You know, I, I, since I started tithing, uh, you know, and it was hard for me to tithe because I was going, I went through a divorce many years ago. I was thousands of dollars in debt to credit cards. Um, uh, I, I had, I had debt, but even though I was thousands of dollars, over $20,000 in credit card debt, can I get a, ooh, okay. And, uh, and paying high interest rates, I still didn't make an excuse and say, well, I got credit card debt, so I'm not going to tithe. See, what we do, we got to get rid of the excuses. No, I, I set myself and I said, I'm going to tithe or die. I'm going to figure out a way to do this because I'm going to honor God and because that's what you're supposed to do, honor God. And so I started redoing my finances to where I could put God first place. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so I was in debt, but God got me out of debt. I had nothing, but God got me a house and a rental property, and, and then he got me another house and uh, got me roommates to pay for my... You know, I could just tell you over and over again how God has blessed me. Bless me, bless me, bless me. I, 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 I went to Ramah, and, and I just had my, my clothes and my car, and, and, and I drove to Ramah, uh, Bible trains here in Oklahoma from Virginia. I was single, ready to mingle. I had the convertible. And, uh, and so I went there, uh, and all I had was clothes. I didn't have anything else. Just some clothes in my two-seater convertible. And, uh, and I ended up uh, working. Thank God, God got me a job already before I went out there. And, uh, and, and the company actually paid for my expenses and all that. Everything was great. And I remember I was in an apartment. I had nothing in that apartment. It was bare bones. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I had my clothes. And I was like, believe in God. Now, I had credit cards. And I remember that I, it was like maybe the second day and there's no lights or anything. I said, I'm going to Walmart and I'm going to buy some lights. I'm done with this. I'm going to buy. And I got credit card. I, can, I don't need to believe God for anything. I got MasterCard. I'm already in debt, <laughs> but I still got some room. You know what I'm talking about? So I get up and I run. You guys probably remember the story. I go to Walmart. I start dumping all this stuff in the cart. You know, and, and I'm, as I'm doing that, I don't feel right about it. I almost feel like I'm doing something wrong. But, you know, it's legal. I can buy stuff at Walmart and put it on a credit card. There's nothing wrong. But it's wrong if the Holy Spirit's telling you not to do it. If the Holy Spirit's telling you not to go that route, you don't go that route, even though it may be legally right. Right. And the Holy Spirit kept going off. This is not right. I didn't feel good about it. Normally I love shopping, but, but this time I just didn't feel good about it, man. I was putting all this stuff in. I got, I got to the apartment and I just almost felt I had a sick feeling in my stomach. Like I was going to unwrap this one pot or something or a pan. And I just had this like, this isn't right. I said, God, you want me to take this all back, don't you? And I didn't want to do that. So I took it all back. I took all the stuff back. And, and I remember the lady said, did you get in a fight with your wife? You know, what, what happened? You know, I said, no, I'm a single. You know, I, I said, God told me. And I didn't say that. I said, no, I just need to return it. And, uh, and so, but within two weeks, God moved on three different people's hearts. 
I didn't ask for anything, and God filled my apartment up with furniture, pots and pans, lights. It was all given to me, and I didn't beg anybody for it. I didn't do that prayer next to the rich guy. Oh, God, if I could have some pots and pans, you know. You know, I didn't do that, you know, that beg, begging prayer, hopefully. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, God, please, you know I need some help, you know. And... Uh, Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? But I didn't say anything. People came up to me. Hey, I heard you just moved in. Yeah, well, I'm moving out of the area. And, and we got all this stuff. We don't want to move it back. Do you need any kitchen appliances? I said, yeah, I could probably use some. Come over to my house. You can get as much kitchen appliances as you want. I got, I got all these kitchen appliances. Another person said, hey, uh, 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 this guy's leaving me, uh leaving uh, as a missionary. The last thing I got was my bedroom set and he has a bedroom set. Do you want that? They're asking me if I want it. I'm like, who told them? God. Do you know what I'm talking about? God, I mean, he supernaturally filled my, I didn't, I didn't use MasterCard. God moved on people's hearts to bless me. Is that awesome? And I'm like, wow, God really loves me. As I'm still writing out my tithing check. Do you know what I mean? Why? Because God wants to show you that he wants to take care of you. That you don't have to try to take care of yourself. That if you get a revelation. Listen. If you get a revelation that God owns it all. You know some of you rent. But you know when something normally breaks down. Uh, you call the landlord. Right? If, if, they, if, the, if, the, if the refrigerator breaks down. The landlord. My refrigerator. Why? Renting can be a benefit. Because you don't have to. So, so when, when, when you get this idea, when something breaks down, God, I'm a tither. God, what are we going to do with this? And God's going to open the doors and pour you out blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, God is so awesome. And he wants to reveal to you how much he loves you. And he doesn't want you getting an, an, an attitude that you got to do it in your own ability or you got to do it in your own savvy. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we need a, I really believe that we need to set our finances in order. So the first key is that God is the owner. The second key is that, 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 that we are stewards. We are stewards. Uh, God, uh, God started the whole steward thing out with Adam and, and Eve. Let's look at Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Because if you look at this, you, I'm trying to get you this concept and this idea that God owns it all and we're here just to manage it. So let's look at this here because all this stuff is going to burn up. Jesus coming back, the whole world's going to burn up. He's going to make a new heaven, new earth. It's all going to burn up. And so look at this. It says here in Genesis 2, 15 through 17, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded that man, saying, Out of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. See, this was the key right here. When God created Adam and Eve and he put the, them in the garden, you know, he, 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 he actually put a tree in the center and he told Adam and Eve to steward the garden. In other words, he said to tend the garden. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And tending it or to cultivate it or to take care of the garden, and he put that tree, and I believe that what God was saying was, this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, is my tree. You know, yes, I'm giving you 
stewardship over this, but I don't want you messing with this tree. What God was saying was to Adam and Eve, I am the owner. I am the owner of all this. Don't forget about that. And I'm putting this tree in the center. It was in the middle of the garden to let them know that 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 was his and, and they were not supposed to touch it. And I believe this, that that when when the when the devil came and lied to them and said that you would be just like God, what he was trying to get them into the concept was that you're, you can you don't have to be a servant of God. You can be an owner. And I'm, I'm going to say this. We're always going to be servants of God. We're always going to be serving God. We're always going to be worshiping God. Are you here? Saying today? We'll never be disconnected. We don't want to disconnect ourselves from God. Amen. So we got to get that revelation. Uh, God is so awesome. Now, let me just talk to you about the talents for a second. And uh, when, when God gave the talents to the one talent, the two talent and the five talents to these three individuals, a talent was is, is valued at a at a uh, life wage. It's what they would what a person would make in an entire life. And so when when God gives out those talents, he, he, he gives that. But notice that he gave two talents out to that uh, to that second person, five talents out to the third person. And, and notice that, that God said to, that God gives you that talents or the finances and the ability of how you can manage it. And see, God's not going to require more from you um, uh, if you're a one talent person. He's not going to require you to be a five talent guy. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And if you just a one talent, all you have to do is steward that well. But this on the flip side of that, you can be such a good uh, manager of your finances that God can turn your one talent. You can be a one talent guy and you can turn into a two talent guy. Or you can be a two talent person and turn into a four talent person. Are you listening? In other words, the guy that had ten, five talents and, uh, and, and, and he multiplied it and doubled it. The guy that did not use his talent. He, God said, uh, Jesus said, take that talent from that guy and give it to the guy that has ten talents. And it almost it doesn't make sense. Why don't you give it to somebody that doesn't have anything? Because they don't do anything with it anyway. In other words, do you know 20% of the wealth, you got the 80-20 rule, and you got the 5-95% rule. 20% of the wealth is made by 80% of the people in the world. And are, are you hearing? And 80% is surviving on 20% of the wealth. Why is that? Because the 20% knows how to steward their wealth. They say if you take all the money and you split it up and you equaled it out to everybody and everybody had a fair share, they, you split all the money. You take all the billionaires and you split all that money up and you give it to everybody on this planet. In five years, we'll be back in the hands of the people that are in the 20 percent. Why is that? Because they know how to steward their money. So God looks at stewardship as, 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 as something very high. And we need to look at that as well as managing our, our finances in, in the right way. Amen. Uh, let's look at something here. Uh, let's look at Matthew 25. And. Um, now, let's go to Luke. Let's go to our third point. And in our third point, I want to make is that that let's go with the first point. God owns it all. Number one, God owns it all. Number two, I'm a steward. And number three, uh, uh, I am a, am I a good steward? 
That's a question. Am I a good steward? So this is the third point. Am I a good steward? Now let's look at Luke 12, 16 through 21. And this is, a, this is another parable. Of course, Jesus talked about money a lot, but we don't want money controlling us. We want God controlling us. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be led by our finances. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people... In, a Christian, in their Christian walk is being led by what they have or what they don't have instead of being led by the Holy Spirit and the principles of God's work. And look at this in Luke 12, 16 through 21. This is awesome. He says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store up my crops? So he said, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store up my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure of himself is not rich towards God. So we see this, that this guy is classified uh, from Jesus' point of view as being a fool. And why was he foolish? Why, why was Jesus calling this guy foolish? The guy was a great manager, by the way. He was able to manage his resources and he, made, and he built bigger barns. And Jesus did not you know, criticize him for doing that. It's okay to increase. There, there's nothing wrong with increase. But what's wrong is if our increase is just for ourselves. And what we have a tendency, because we don't, we, we, we're not tithing and we're not giving offerings, we have a tendency, we're just doing, we're just here for ourselves. Ooh, man. And we can't have that attitude. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We got, we got to be here for, for God. We're, we're here. We're here to bear fruit. Glory to God. And so Matthew 6.33 is one of my favorites. It's from last week's message. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these things will be added to you. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, let me just say this. Uh, good works is taking our finances, sowing it into the kingdom of God. And then when we, uh, when we use these finances in the church and we get the kingdom out to the highways and byways through TV and Internet and all that, and people receive and they get saved, you are gathering up treasures in heaven. And every person that gets saved in the ministry and your dollars is funding that you have a part of people being saved and be, people being delivered and people being set free. You have a part of that. That's awesome. So my reward becomes your reward. Isn't that great? Because you're going to say, Jesus, I didn't do all this. I didn't visit the hospital when I did. And Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Enter in thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. Look at this attitude right here. Ephesians 4.28. Uh, it says here, let him her soul still no longer, but rather him labor working with his hands 
what is good so that he can provide an income for himself and just make it. It doesn't say that, does it? Let me read that again. See, sometimes when I'm preaching, you guys go in la-la land. So I want, you, I want to bring you back here. Amen. You guys are like, oh, my God, is he going to keep this going? Yeah. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Oh, my Lord. What? You mean we're not supposed to be working so we can survive? And we're, no, we're supposed to be working so that we have something to give to somebody in need. Wow. Amen. So, so I love what Luke 16, 10 and 13 says. This is Jesus again. Jesus says in Luke 16, 10 through 13, he says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which that's riches or money, who will commit to you the trust of true riches? And you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can to serve two masters, for either hate one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve money and riches. Amen. So what is he saying here? What, what Jesus is saying is, if you can't be faithful in the little... Then, then you won't ever be faithful in much. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that, the, that our tithe is the little. It's not a lot. And if we can't be faithful in tithing and giving offerings in the little, then, then, then we can't be faithful in much. That, that's telling me that, God, that, that we tie God's hands from allowing us to have more into our kingdom treasury because we're not doing what's right with the little that he's already given us. And so it's no way we can increase. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a principle here. We, if you're not faithful in the little, you won't be faithful in much. And this is the principle. If you get much, if you see a lot of people's ideas, God, if God really blessed me and I wasn't so tight and, and all this and God knows where I'm at. But but if God, if I won the lotto, if I if I if God gives me the numbers and I win the lotto, I'm going to give God his. I don't think so. No, nope, because the Bible says you can't give God his on the little. If you win the lotto, you're, you're in Hawaii. You're like, forget that, Pastor. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Hawaii. I'm on a cruise. I'm on a cruise to nowhere. And guess what? Your soul will be required of you one of these days. And, you're, and if we're all partying it up, putting ourselves first, doing all that, then one day God's going he, he's gonna to speak to us. And then he's going to say, what have you done with all the resources that I've given you? What have you done? Have you? And what, what, what some of us are doing is we think that we're doing OK. And we, we, we're just surviving and we're just trying to make it work. But what we realize is when we don't obey God, we are suffering in two ways. The body of Christ is suffering because the finances is, is, is being slowed down and it can't bring in the harvest like it needs to. And what else is suffering is your eternal reward. 
Because we, when we are doing the right things, so, so not only are we losing the blessing down here, on, because you might say, I don't care about having a lot. I don't care about that much. I just want to walk in love and just be a loving Christian and try to follow God as much. But I don't care. I don't have to have a lot. That's a selfish way of thinking. Because we should want to have something to give to somebody else. And if we're just about ourselves, I don't really need a lot. I, yeah, yeah, maybe all the rich people, maybe God has graced them. No, God has graced every one of us to be rich. There's no reason why any of us should be in poverty, should be broke. No, God said in Deuteronomy, we should be the head and not the tail. We should be the lender and not the borrower. We should be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We should be so blessed. People are saying, how are you doing it? And when we start walking in love and we start giving out of our resources and out of our treasury to the kingdom of God and God starts using your money and people's souls are being one. And when we get to heaven, some of those treasures are going to be people and they're going to be there meeting you and greeting you in heaven and say, thank you so much. You know, I was I was an African in Africa and you you gave into that missionary and my soul was saved because you were willing to give up something that you you had so that I could have something and have heaven and you will get to heaven and there will be a crowd of people to greet you because you've given into the kingdom and they will greet you into that kingdom and you will be celebrated for what you did down on earth and those treasures are people that are being gathered to in, in heaven by our giving. Do you believe that today? And we will be so blessed, but I don't want to get to heaven. And, I, I, and when I get to heaven, I don't want to be there. And Jesus said, you have no rewards and there's nobody greeting you. Maybe your grandmother that loved you, but maybe that, and, and barely anybody. Why? And what you could have done down here. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to waste my finances on just myself. I want to be a giver. I want to be benevolent. I want to be like God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his best to the world. He gave Jesus. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting and abundant life. Glory to God. And I want that everlasting and abundant life. I'm telling you, God's, God's about ready to make some of you millionaires in here. God's about ready to give you some ideas that will radically change your life, change the generations. When you start getting obedient and faithful, God, one idea can change your entire existence. One God idea, one God idea can make you a multimillionaire where you can get millions into the kingdom of God. One idea. And we're holding back because, of, uh, because we think 10% is a lot. My Lord Jesus, let us get our spiritual heads screwed on straight. Let us become obedient to serving God. Let us give God our very best because he gave his very best Jesus for us. And when we do that, he says, test me in this, saith the Lord. See if I will not open the windows of heaven. See if I will not pour out blessings you cannot even contain. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you. My gosh, I'm not even finished. But we got some... Man, I'm going to have to do it next week. 
I mean, when you leave out of here, there's some budget sheets. Grab a budget sheet, write down a budget, because you got to get practical. And if you write down a budget, put God in top of that budget. Amen? Get those budget sheets. Get the prosperity scriptures that we have. You can start confessing prosperity so you can get that in your spirit and get a revelation that God wants you prosperous, man. Get a prosperous soul. And when your soul starts prospering, I'm telling you, God will start giving you God-given ideas. When you start believing, God wants me to be wealthy. God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to walk in increase. And when you have that spirit about you, I'm telling you, it's like a magnet. It, it's just drawing resources to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Did you receive it this morning? I believe you did. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love. I thank you, Father God, that I believe that people are taking steps to 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 be a blessing and to start obeying your word in the area of tithing and giving offerings. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that when they do that, you're going to give them favor and grace and open doors of opportunities. And I thank you, Lord God. But the number one key that we need to give God is our lives. And if you're here today, maybe a visitor or watching online, you need to sow yourself into the kingdom of God. You need to give your life into the kingdom of God. Jesus said it this way. If you're trying to save your life in this world, you'll lose it. But if, if you will lose your life for the sake of the kingdom and the gospel's sake, you will find it. And so this today, I want you to make a commitment that, that you're going you're gonna, to uh, start obeying God by receiving Jesus. Maybe you have never made that confession of your faith. You need to make it today. Say this after me if you, and mean in your heart and if you're ready to move forward in God and you should be ready for this is a day of salvation. Say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.